0: Hey, now, say, now, you're tuned into the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncy. I am here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, but today, I'm actually at Street Roots. I'm not in studio, but, you know, I keep my equipment wherever I go so that uh, in case I get a celebrity on the podcast like I do here today, I might just have to hop right on and make shit happen, you know what I mean? <laughs> But anywho, before I announce you to Celebrity, I'll just let you all die in suspense here. Before I announce the Celebrity, a few quick announcements. First and foremost, um, I will be DJing a comedy show here at the end of this month, uh, September 25th. It'll be Brian Hooks. Many of you remember Brian Hooks being here on this podcast earlier in the year. Um, I consider him a legend, notably known for the Hood classic film three strikes. He also played in the Eve show. He was in the Parkers with Monique. He, he was on Soul Play and a whole lot of different areas where you've probably seen Brian Hooks, but I will have him coming here to Portland, September 25th, one night only. So make sure you get your tickets at jacklondonreview.com. And that review is spelled R-E-V-U-E, not the regular way that you spell review. So make sure you go ahead and cop a ticket for that. And I'll be announcing more information on that as we get closer to the date, which we're not too far from. Also the street roots, family breakfast is coming up later this month. It'll be September 30th, which is a Thursday. Um, I will be co-hosting the street roots, family breakfast with that of Maggie Vespa, who is a Emmy award winning, a uh, journalist over at KGW. Um, she's a news anchor over there. And her and I had great success last year with this thing, and it was our first time doing it. So they got us running it back. And, you know, the second ring is always tougher than the first ring. So, you know, last year we were able to, pass up our goal. I think our goal was $65,000. We were able to raise like 84,000 and this year I just got word yesterday that the goal is $90,000. So again, the second ring is harder than the first ring. So make sure you all come out and support, get your tickets for that, um purchase your breakfast for it. It is a fantastic event. Like I said, last year was a hit and we plan to do that once again this year. Also, stay tuned. I'll be doing play-by-play for Pacific University football this year. This will be my first time ever doing play-by-play for football, done it for college hoops. Um, Obviously I'm an analyst for Portland State's men's basketball team, but this will be a new world doing play-by-play for football. So I'll be making my debut in October. So y'all stay tuned for that date as well. Now we got a celebrity on the line, ladies and gentlemen. I call him Mr. I-5 Corridor myself and, uh, He's been on this podcast here before. At the time, he was working with The Athletic. The last time he was on here, I think he was on here once before that when he was still with the Oregonian. So this is the third time that we've had Mr. Tyson Alger here on the podcast. So let's make this one a charm, Tyson. Nice to have you, my friend.
1: You know, you actually, you're at a point where you get, like, actual legit celebrities on this podcast now. So you can't do (laughs) that. You can't be starting the top of the show with like teasing like that you actually have somebody important coming up. There's actually there's actually important people that do things that come on here. And instead, they're just getting some some dope with a website. (laughs)
0: hey Hey, hey, here's how I look at it, man. There's no big me's and there's no little use. So therefore, I'm going to treat you as big as whatever celebrities you're talking about that have graced this podcast before, my friend. (laughs) <laughs> solely right.
1: solely right. <laughs> well I, I I appreciate that, man. i've uh, actually i I started doing a podcast again, and it's the first time that I really did one. I, actually, I guess I did one with the athletic, but it just um, part of the reason why I wanted to do one again, is how much fun that I had back with with you and and Danny Moran when we were doing that one uh, at the Oregonian. boy. like
0: what what was it the three for
1: two or the three <laughs> on two podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was basically like it, it was. It was basically a Trojan horse for us. To, uh, we, we, it was themed around Oregon and Oregon State basketball, but it was basically yeah. just for us to just shoot the shit about NBA for about thirty minutes and pretend like people were listening to it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, that's what it was. That's what it was. But you mentioned the podcast that you have right now, and I do want to get to that in a minute. But before that, man, we just got to kind of talk about your story because you actually took a break from journalism. Um, You were with The Athletic the last time that we had you on here. You came out, you made a statement that you were taking some time away from the profession um, due to mental health reasons. And first off, very courageous move. Second off, I don't feel like folks talk enough about Uh, mental health in the sphere of sports media like usually we're the ones covering people who have the mental health issues and we have to report on folks who have mental health because you know you learn early on in j school you don't want to be the story you want to write the story and cover stories of other people and that's something you've talked about here on this podcast before too is just how passionate you are when it comes to telling other people's stories but in this case I feel like you became the story man coming out and doing such a courageous thing and you know taking some time away from a very demanding profession um you know being a sports writer and you know doing it for what I felt like was the right reason
1: yeah it's it's funny because I didn't and one one thanks for all that um but like, I didn't, I didn't really think of it that way. When I made my announcement, it was, you know, it's, it's weird having a, uh, a public, like a public facing job where not only are you like somebody like on Twitter or on the internet, but then also, you know, being at the athletic, having like subscribers who paid specifically for your work. Right. Um, It's, it's weird kind of, um, I, it's just kind of weird. Like, I felt that I needed to like tell people some reason of why I quit the job. Like, like, you know, it's just kind of, I felt like I owed that to my readers and stuff like that. And I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. Like I've had, you know, I I had a tough year the last year, like everyone else. And I've just kind of was, had run myself into the ground and kind of, you know, a a mix of just, you know, some other things that, you know, life, life sometimes smacks you pretty good.
0: Right. Right. Um,
1: It was, uh, but I just I didn't feel like it, like it was at a point where like acknowledging that like you're taking like a, a leaving because of your mental health, like I didn't think it was that big of a thing because I've seen other people do it before. Like it's been normalized at least to some point where like I didn't like I, I guess I'm a pretty like forward person regardless. I mean, like all of us who like have a podcast or talk online all the time, like have a little bit of ego in them anyways ways where like you think that people care about like what we're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right but like i uh, i ended up having um i ended up getting a very like just like large response to that and it was it was something that completely caught me off guard and also went like a really long way towards um you know a, a lot of a lot of the stuff that i was dealing with at the athletic was kind of like self-confidence and then like thinking that i belonged and and uh the the place kind of ultimately really led me to think that i was Oops, sorry about that. Uh, no, you good. You um, good. It ultimately just kind of like a lot of self doubt and thinking that I wasn't really good at my job, um, and then you know, so like a, a lot of what I've been kind of focusing on in that the time since I left there and started my new thing is just kind of like acknowledging like successes and, and like. Um, though anyways those types of things and i i just got like this overwhelming wave of like people who are like hey like really loved your work like where can we follow like find you like we're you know like like just like random people reaching out and saying that like in some small way that i like affected their lives like it was it was really kind of overwhelming and um and really helpful too because like i usually like kind of overlook those sort of things but um Yeah, it was it was just it was a it was kind of a weird, weird year and and that was kind of the the climax of that, but it ended up leading to something that was really good because you know, as you said, I I feel like. um, I, I remember asking players and coaches a couple times during last season during 2020 during it being just like such a weird football season like asking players and coaches about mental health because that was something that i was just like super curious about right uh, like just in in the levels of competition and and how they were managing that but like there was definitely some part of me like too that was just like like wanting to ask people about that and, and seeing like how they were managing because like you you get so introspective into other people's lives in in, in this job because we're just trying to tell other people's stories that I think sometimes kind of mask mask what's really going on with yourself. (laughs) And
0: and I'm interested in asking you this because I think you make a great point in that regard. Do you feel like as a journalist, obviously in your case, you know, a sports journalist, but let's just use journalists at large here. Um, As a journalist, do we not talk about the fact that We report on so many people's stories, good, bad and different traumas, tragedies, just all kinds of different things. Whatever basically we can get a story out of, obviously, that can tell folks stories in the way that we see fit and hopefully in the way that they see fit as well. Do you think sometimes you take on the trauma of the subject that it is that you're reporting on? And you don't necessarily realize it. So as you mentioned, as you're talking to all of these people about these athletes or, you know, sports figures about mental health and you're trying to learn how to navigate through your own mental health by speaking and interviewing with them. Have you ever felt like you've taken on some of those traumas, having to dig so deep for the sake of your job and writing the story, essentially?
1: Well, yeah, it, like in a way, and just like relatively speaking too. I mean, like there there are journalists and and people in other professions that have to deal with way 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 more serious things than than I ever have to in this. But absolutely. But it it certainly was a uh, a change of dynamic from like what my kind of whole career had been up to this point because you know you're usually writing about like celebrations and athletic achievements and all this and. I think the vast majority of everything we wrote to wrote about last year, it like had a, like a twinge of like football's ending, like play, like just just like all all the all just kind of the ne- negative stuff that came associated with last year, and like having to be like constantly ask it and knowing that there, I don't know, it was just it was just being around kind of like that all year. It just there there wasn't a whole lot of positive in a job that of like overwhelmingly been just like a massive like dopamine hit for like seven straight like 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 things have been pretty darn good as a sports writer my friend like yeah 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 it's not a bad gig yeah um but it's not as good as everyone thinks too well well yeah and i and i think the thing that i struggled a lot with that too is just um to to be at the level that i was at the athletic and then also to like have the platform i do now where i have my own site like there's a level of pressure that comes with like having to perform and be good too. Right. Right. When you're, uh, when you're dealing with your own things and then like creating something that's outward and public facing um, it's just like a lot of pressure to try to stay consistent and still have your, what you're giving out to people be something that's a quality work.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's talk about your new quality work. You have a (laughs) platform called the I-5 corridor um, Asked what you decided to do after what was, I guess like a sabbatical that you took from it was, sports I, writing.
1: I, I called it the summer of George. I, uh, the summer of George. Tell me more. Man, I uh, I went camping. I played some golf. I uh, uh-huh. I saw some friends I hadn't seen in a long time. I traveled a bit. It was a. Uh, I no matter uh, no matter if I've taken vacation or anything like throughout my career, like I've always been like so bad at just saying like like putting my phone down staying off Twitter, like, yeah, uh, hard to disconnect. I, I absolutely. I, I agree. It's part of the it's I, I blame it on like the, the news mentality, but like in truth, I think we're all just a little addicted to. Yeah. As well, Facts. You know? Facts. But I, I actually did a pretty good job of disconnecting from like, I didn't care about the ducks for a month and a half. Like I didn't have to like keep track of like recruiting boards and like all that sort of just like stuff that I really didn't care about. Um, And it was good. Yeah, it was it was it was a hell of it was a hell of a summer, my friend.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love to hear it. I love to hear it. How did that inspire I5 Corridor? Because when you went away and you made the statement on Twitter that, you know, you were no longer going to be reporting for the time being because of mental health issues that you were dealing with and tackling and probably still are in the process of tackling. We didn't know what was going to be next. I don't even know if you knew what was going to be next <laughs> after that. So how did that, you know, getting rid of a job that seemed to have some pretty good stability for a publication that definitely has some notoriety, especially in the sports space to now essentially just going independent and starting what is your own sports section here for Oregonians?
1: Yeah, it's kind of twofold. And and one was, I just, realized I missed writing. I I hadn't taken an extended break from it since literally uh, since graduating college. I I was hired like two weeks out of college. And
0: yeah, I know. I know how that that is.
1: Yeah. Shoot, man. You went straight into radio, straight
0: into it a week after graduation.
1: (laughs) And and, and, and like, that's, that's a great problem to have, but it just, it, it gets, it sets you down a path where if you're good at what you do, it's going to be a long time until you're not doing it anymore. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so it was kind of my first extended time away from doing that. And so I, I, I missed that at its core. Um, but then also getting some of those messages about just people that who had enjoyed my writing and then wondering where I was going. Um, and then that just kind of coupled with the fact too, that the athletic isn't replacing organ coverage. So it, it kind of, you know, th- that kind of flew. Mm, flew a couple I didn't know that. Yeah. That, that kind of flew a couple business flags in my head because like I, you know, I, I know I had an audience there. I know there's a, I know that people enjoyed the type of like storytelling that I do. Um, you know, if, if you follow Oregon coverage, you know that I'm not the guy that's, you know, giving you like the, the play-by-play of the press conferences and, you know, the depth chart and that sort of thing. I try to tell kind of um, uh, a little, like a little bit more uh, stories that involve a little bit more story storytelling. Um, right. And, and anyway, so I, I just kind of thought that there'd be a market for that still. And, um, you know, I, I loved my time at the athletic, it gave me an amazing platform and it, it really was like a writer's paradise for the first two years I was there, but it's, uh, it's becoming an increasingly national, uh, company and, and mm. that, that kind of changes goals and, and aspirations and, and kind of what they focus on. And, uh, I think the one thing that I realized while I was working there is I really care about the local aspect and, and knowing my audience and knowing the community that I'm writing to, um, and like ultimately it came down to like if if I could if I could get away with doing it for myself and keeping that money in state instead of for, you know, a company that's not going to value it as much. like
0: Clearly, because there's no more Oregon coverage, as you just mentioned. Yeah. Now that you're gone, I know Fentress was there with you at the time, and you two were partners on the beat at, at The Athletic, and both of you are gone, and nothing is coming to supplement you guys.
1: Yeah. Clearly, so, they don't care well, that much. They you know they they've had uh they've had a couple of national people drop in and do like uh I think Bruce Feldman wrote a Kayvon Thibodeau profile a couple of weeks ago and it was really good. Um yeah and and, and, and don't get me wrong, like I, I have no qualms. like it was just things didn't work out with me in the athletic. Like I have no qualms about them. Like they have yeah, they, they have the best riders in the country. Absolutely. I absolutely. Wish, I wish them well. Um, but you just kind of when a fit's not a fit, but you still kind of want to do something along the lines of what you want to do. Like I was, I'm pretty blessed to be in an opportunity where I think that I have a large enough audience that, um, you know, I don't expect this thing to be a complete success here, like a month out of the gate, but I, I really do think it's something that I can build towards. And, um, and, and the reason I called it the I five corridor is, um, you know, I'm going to be writing, it's probably going to be like 80% duck stuff to start out. Cause I know that's where my audience is, but. I really love talking with Jonathan Smith at Oregon state. Like I want to tell stories about the beavers. I want to, um, if there's stories in the Portland area that I want to write about, I, I had a profile of uh, Ian Carmel, uh, the, the, ah,
0: know,
1: and uh, yeah, I had that run like two weeks ago, just cause like, I love comedy. I love stand up comedy. And if there's a local angle there, I want to be able to kind of shoehorn that in. And so uh, yeah, like, like essentially like when people ask what the site is, it's just like, it's a place for me to write the stories that I want to tell. And so um it's it's pretty it's been pretty rewarding and, and awfully freeing so far.
0: Absolutely. Well, clearly you're still doing big time enough work because tomorrow morning you'll be catching a flight down to Ohio to cover the Ohio State and Oregon game. And you're not just going as a fan, you got credentials. The i5 corridor does what? have credentials to what's what? arguably gonna be the biggest game this weekend.
1: What are they doing credentialing? When I send in credentials, <laughs> we weren't even live yet. Like it <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: it's 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 the name. You already mentioned you you know you're known for covering the ducks. You got the audience that knows who Tyson Alger is. Damn it, all you gotta do is go on Twitter and type your name and a blue check will pop up. I mean, why not give it to the guy?
1: Speaking into existence, man. Hey, <laughs> we're here
0: now. We're here. We are here. So give me a little bit of preview, man. What are some of your thoughts? Does Oregon come away with the upset this weekend? Did they get their asses handed to Because they weren't overly impressive, I guess, against Fresno State last weekend. What What do we expect? Their uniforms are clean. That's for damn sure. But we knew that. We knew that.
1: They, uh, I, I feel like that this isn't talked enough about, but there was a span, I think it was like 2015 through seventeen. Uh, where Oregon's uniforms were not good like they they were they just had too much going on they were like they because like the the Mariota years was like perfect organ, like it was clean, it was sleek, it was yeah. Like when they weren't the all white stormtroopers at UCLA in in 2014, like that. Well, was
0: maybe it. well maybe that was Nike's way of telling them to start winning some games, damn it, because That's they cool. won games back then. Okay. When they
1: stopped winning, the uniforms did get kind of trash. That that might be it because these uh these ones that they're wearing this week uh. And, like, you, you always have to wait and see how it looks on field and on camera and everything, but I, I think these all-white ones have a, a high probability of uh, of being well-regarded well, uh, well regarded in Oregon history.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree 100%. But,
1: but for, for the football game, I hate to be, like, cliche with this, but I think, like, it 100% depends on if Kayvon Thibodeau is going to play or not. He, he's mm-hmm. still day-to-day with that sprained ankle. I can't imagine we're going to have anything officially on that until Saturday, unless something leaks out, but it's, it's kind of state secrets these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh,
0: makes it harder for the other team to scout and prepare for and so on that, and so forth and other like, like, things
1: like, like not, a, not only is like typical, like one of the best players, like in the country, like we obviously saw that in the first quarter of that game, but, Ohio State's strength is, is it's offensive line. Like you need to have somebody that's able to disrupt that to be able to get through. I think I just looked it up and they all five of their guys are above 315 pounds. Like it's, it's basically like four tackles in a center. It's just like monster dudes out there. And with, with the, the skill players that Ohio state has out wide receiver and the freshman quarterback, like if they're going to be able to buy time, like, Ohio State's going to do plenty fine against this defense if Oregon's not able to generate pressure. So um is a game changer in that regard, and I, I don't know if they can beat him, if they can beat them with him, but I really don't think that they can do it without him.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. What are your thoughts on, because you went to the last game, the Oregon versus Fresno State game. Um, I've seen pictures of Virginia Tech games where there's just – a shit ton of people out here at these games. Obviously, we are still amidst the pandemic. Um, what are your thoughts kind of on all of that, covering these games during a pandemic with fans in the stands? Because they have played during the pandemic, just not with fans. What's kind of the vibe like now that there are fans back? Does it feel the same as old Autzen? Can you tell there's a difference and that fans kind of operate under different I don't know, not guidelines, because clearly you operate off of different guidelines, but things are just different. The aura is just different around these games with COVID and the pandemic being a thing and fans now being allowed to still attend those games.
1: Yeah, it was. um, I'm not going to lie. Like come around like the second, third quarter of the game. Like I didn't really uh, other than the mask that was on my face, like I didn't really think that this felt out of place compared to like other Oregon games that I cover. And Cause I mean, like last okay. year, was, last year was just such a, like a stark, like I, I, it's the weirdest, I'll never be able to properly explain just like how weird it felt being in like these complete empty stadiums with like games that are broadcast on TV with nobody watching them. It was just, it just Absolutely. felt. It, and and especially with like the pandemic hanging out, like on top of that, like it just felt eerie it like in a way. Um, and so saturday felt like a return to kind of normalcy and like i'm still not quite sure how i feel about that either because like obviously we, we've seen like the skyrocketing numbers across the the state um absolutely you know my, my wife is a, a nurse at a at the hospital here in providence at providence and i'm i'm well aware of of, of how short they are on, on everything um and so it's uh it, it's it, it's weird because like i'm able to like during the game, it's, like, easy to be compartmentalize because it's just, like, oh, this is fun. Like, it feels like my job is back to being what it is. Um, but th- it feels like there's still so much of, a, like, a sense of, like, is this even going to, like, last? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think people have kind of, like, conv- like talked themselves into, like, the fact, like, that, like, okay, everything's, like, we're past, like, the chances that, like, you know, the last, last year just sucked because it just seemed uh, up until they – Brought the season back. It just seems like it was like a doomsday every week of like more bad news on top of like season going to get canceled. Like what's going to happen here? What's going to? And it feels like that people have gone like so far the opposite direction this year and, and trying to convince themselves that that's not going to happen. That it's uh uh, I I just hope that like that bubble's not burst because it's yeah, like like, it, like, cause like like because like like. I was driving, I was driving home on Saturday and like just had like a smile on my face. Like it felt like, like a good, like normal Saturday that I think like a lot of us have missed. Yeah. Uh, but it, it also, uh, it still just comes with a bit of an asterisk, man. Yeah. You
0: you don't know what's next. We yeah. have absolutely zero idea what's next. Um, let's transition to a little bit of basketball talk, man, because Dame said he, he, he's got more to stay in the Blazers uniform. He's got more to come. He's staying here. Rip city is his city. Obviously, there's been a lot of conversations around the Blazers this offseason from Damian Lillard and whether he's happy or not. CJ McCollum, whether he should be traded or not, whether anybody should look into trying to pick up Ben Simmons now that he wants out of Philly. But Dame, at least let it be known, I'm here to stay at least this season or some of it, (laughs) depending upon how happy he is throughout the course of the season. But he'll be here for the beginning of it is is basically what he's put out there. What's your thoughts, man, about these Blazers and what's going on with Dame? And, and do you see success in the near future for this team? At least more than we've already seen, because there's still a team that consistently makes it to the playoffs. But obviously that ain't keeping everybody happy within the organization,
1: Dame included. Well, this is a tough one for me because, and, and I like you've been along for part of the evolution of my M- NBA fandom, because before I moved to Portland, I didn't really even follow basketball that closely. And then, Um, yeah you're a hockey guy yeah and then i started (laughs) then i I started covering basketball for the oregonian and just kind of being that close to it Um, right mixed with right the same point is right when dame got drafted by portland and and just the city was just kind of becoming obsessed with with dame and and uh the way he played and and just kind of the way he carried himself like it was it was a really good time to kind of like evolve as a basketball fan so um like i i love dame in that in those regards and and like i i don't think that you know especially as you get older like you you kind of start to wonder like if if you're going to like care about like professional athletes you like you did like when you were younger of like oh man like i'm a huge fan of like that person uh yeah like it was it was cool to like be like in your mid-20s and then all of a sudden like have like a favorite player again like it was right 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 as as someone who like is like disassociated with like sports fandom a lot because of my job like that was pretty dope. At the same time, I don't think they can win a title with him. Like, do you think they can win a title with him? Like, like, like what can they do to this rock? Like in the confines of like keeping him happy without him asking for a trade or whatever, like, like what can they do to like, well, I, I think, I I, I I feel like, I feel like that the last decade of the Blazers, everything was building towards a, best case scenario season where some of the elite, cause they had to deal with like the warriors for all that time. They had to deal with Cleveland. They had to deal with like the Lakers last year, like Portland always needed to have a season where a few different teams got injured and they got a little bit of luck. Right. Right. When was that season? That season was last year and they still weren't able to put that together. Like but that Portland team was built to win last season. And, and it just because of injuries and because of bad luck and because of like not complete consistent play, like, I don't know. Like, and, and again, I'm not a basketball expert here, but I, I, yeah. just, I, I don't know how they're going to be able to like get over like Brooklyn or LA or, or or whoever.
0: I think I think Dame can be a centerpiece to a championship team. Let's start there. Like, I don't yeah. think it's necessarily Dame's fault why he wouldn't win a ring ring in Portland. Am I betting on him winning a ring in Portland? No. So I agree with you to an extent there, and I also think to be just quite honest with you. And there's people on all sides of the aisle when it comes to this, but Portland is changing. It's in the midst of transition on a lot of different levels. Um, some people like it, some people absolutely despise it. Um, some people you know, feel that they're doing, that it's changing for all the right reasons. Some folks feel like it's changing for all the wrong reasons, regardless of where you stand. There's a lot of more there's a lot more uncertainty when I feel like it comes to the city of Portland now than it was even just 2 or 3 years ago. And and with that being said, it was already hard for Dame to recruit guys to Portland <laughs> yeah. at that time when there was a little bit more certainty and people at least knew what Portland was, what it had to offer and there was sort of like this general idea about the city of Portland and you either could appreciate it or you couldn't appreciate it where now I don't think there's a general idea around this city or like a a, a particular identity when it comes to this city. And that I think makes it even harder for Dame to be able to bring talent and attract talent to want to come play with him in this particular city. So that's where I kind of feel like I would have a tough time betting on them being able to win a title with him here, not because of him individually, but because of, the uncertainty and the change in the transition of the city right now.
1: Right. And, and, and I agree with you on that front. Like I, I do think that with the right team built around him, that Dane could be the center. Like I think he's one of like the top seven, seven players in the NBA. Agree. Uh, I just was taken into consideration the fact that Portland's never going to get any good free agents coming through here. And and I don't know how they like have the roster flexibility to make a move to do that when all these other teams are are getting better at rapid pace at a rapid pace. Yeah. As it is, but, um, it's just, I I, I don't know if I, I, I would love to be like a fly on the wall to get like Dame's honest thoughts on, um, you know earlier in his career when like he was very outspoken about i'm gonna play my entire year or entire career in portland uh you know i'm not gonna write guys that leaves. like he's gotta regret that right like i feel like i feel like that's probably why uh, he, that's, pro- that's probably why he's even held on for this year like I, 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 I don't think you regret
0: it i think he just had to kind of do what yeah. he had to do to apply pressure to the organization but i don't know if you actually regret it though
1: right that's fair
0: like Kobe. Kobe, I felt like Kobe never wanted to leave the Lakers, but there was a time where he kind of had to, you know, let the Lakers know, like, I mean, Kobe requested a trade at one point, obviously it never happened. And I don't think he ever truly wanted it to happen. But at the same time, he had to do what he had to do to apply pressure to the front office so he could ultimately accomplish what he did end up accomplishing. And they might have a harder time being able to accomplish.
1: I can't, I can't remember. Were you a big Kobe fan? Great! Oh, tremendously, <laughs> very
0: much so, very much so. The greatest of all time. You heard it here. The goat, Kobe Bryant. Well, not Jordan, not LeBron. Kobe B. Yeah, I,
1: I thought I was coming on a credible podcast. Here.
0: I mean, hey, we're here. We're here. That's <laughs> for sure. That's for sure. Now, now, one last question. One last question. Actually, it may just be one question. It may be two or three, but it'll be rapid fire because I know you got like two minutes. Before you have the, the legendary Ahmad Rashad, you know, coming onto your platform. So therefore I might have just leaked it, but oh well. Um, you gotta leave my platform to to get a mod onto yours. It makes sense. Um
1: certified lover boy or donda. Uh certified lover boy. Why I, uh, I, I appreciate that that Kanye, I don't know, Kanye feels more like an album, like he's trying to do something like with like an arc and story, or whatever. Right. But i'm not, i'm not listening to that like more than twice like i've been listening to certain life mm. like the last like week straight and it just it repeats i mean yeah I, I, I think some of drake's stuff is a little like cookie cutter like it sounds very similar to what he's done in the past but i freaking love what he's done in the past so I'm hey, like, i hey man yeah i mean if he's got
0: um, universal appeal the man has i mean when you have universal appeal and you can make at least a song or two for a little bit of everybody even if you don't like the complete body of work as an album if i can get one or two or maybe even three songs that i really really rock with job well done by drake is the way i see it i don't know if i have any of those records from donda even though i think sonically the music was a
1: little bit better yeah i i agree um and i don't know i I don't want to get cliched but like Man, I I used to just like love when like a Kanye album, like you would just play over and over and over. Right. It it, it feels like it feels like it's been quite some time before you've had one that like just like, all right, let me listen to that again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little while. Well, I'm gonna let you go, man. We'll get you back on here real soon. I know you got, you know, a big time interview coming up here shortly. Tell them where to follow you real fast and we'll wrap this thing up.
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Tyson Alger, all one word, or uh, come find me on my website. It's i5corridor.substack.com. Yeah.
0: There we go. On that note, we are going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go in.